It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, December 7th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is absolutely intrigued by this Arizona Coyotes team. You mean the one beating all the former Stanley Cup teams? The very one. We will get into the Flyers matchup against the Yotes tonight. We'll talk about the Ollie Lixel call-up and Owen McLaughlin, Flyers prospect, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. You can find us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, we speculated on if the Flyers would call somebody up for this road trip. We were pretty sure they would. It was just a matter of who and based on our discussion of what the Phantoms have been doing over the past several weeks uh, and the fact that Tanner Lazinski is a little bit banged up, the next logical option was Ollie Lixel, and lo and behold, that is who the Flyers called up. Yeah, really happy for him. I'd be happier if he played, to be quite honest. But I'm happy he got the call up. At least it shows that, okay, I'm getting at least the reward of better food and better hotel rooms. Um, playing good and hopefully he'll see some ice time too. Yeah, I think it'll do everybody some good because Ali Luxel is, of course, the Phantoms uh, leading scorer at the moment. And so to your point, it is a reward for that. Um, That top line has been playing really well, but had a little stumble this past weekend in Lehigh Valley. Um, I think partially due to that Lazinski injury. And so I think that, you know, we talked about breaking up that top line in Lehigh Valley. Well, now they're going to have to do it uh, this weekend while Ali Lixel's on the road. So I think it'll help the Phantoms in a weird way as well to mix things up there a little bit. Plus, you get Ali Lixel up with the Flyers. No, I think there's something to that. It's going to have to be next next man up there. And, you know, guys are going to have to step up. His offense isn't going to be there. If they were standing around kind of waiting for Ali to put one in, well, now they're going to have to. So you're right. I mean, a lot of times that could be beneficial for a team. Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, I don't anticipate Ali Lixel checking into this game tonight against Arizona, no. but I would hope he gets at least one of the three games on this road trip. It's not too much to ask. He really should. Yeah, I think, you know, both as a reward and like he can provide some offense. And I, I think he deserves the shot. You could take Paling out. You could take Deloria out. You could redo the lineup a little bit so that Lixell's at least in the top nine. You could do it. It's not that hard. Yeah, I would think so. Um, of course, Noah Cates was officially put on injured reserve 
uh, and you know, hopefully he can return to the lineup uh, at, at some point soon after he recovers. One of the other interesting little tidbits is that when we got the official notification from the Flyers about the call-up uh, and Kate's being put on IR, it did not say that Louis Belpedio was formally assigned to Lehigh Valley. We have oh. not seen that yet. Um, so he could be heading out on the road trip with this team. Could be. And it's good for Louis. It's bad for maybe, you know, someone like Ronnie Adder, who was kind of hoping. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But Louis could still be uh, hopping on the plane there. Yeah, I think uh, that would be interesting, you know, just preemptively putting him through waivers to get that taken care of still carry him on the road trip and maybe right. assign him when they get back from the road trip. I mean, right. that does have a degree of logic to it. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And with Kate's officially on IR, they have the roster spot to be able to do it. So um, I, I think that not appears to be, what move, the, though, as you know, it's not right. <laughs> but that seems to be what the plan is at the moment. Um, we, all of this sort of relates to our conversation we had yesterday on the show about the Flyers and winning? And is it good for them right now related to uh, having a rebuilding team ostensibly? And um, it was a really interesting conversation. If you haven't listened, go back to yesterday's show and, and listen to it. We've already gotten some really great comments over on our YouTube channel about it. People have very strong opinions. On Twitter too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm um, really excited to continue that conversation. We'll follow up on tomorrow's show about that and uh, bring up some of our favorite comments from you guys about that very topic. So um, if you have something to say, now's your chance to comment over hey, on uh, wherever holds your peace. <laughs> yeah, on yesterday's show. And we'll take a look and, uh, and bring it all up again tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, tonight we are facing the Arizona Coyotes. And as you mentioned in the show intro, they have the distinction of uh, just coming off a five-game win streak that were against the five most recent Stanley Cup winners. So in reverse order, uh, they recently shut out the Caps six to nothing. Before that, they beat the Blues, the Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, that is not nothing, for sure. <laughs> All right. But I mean, the Bruins won a Stanley Cup way back when. What if, you know, they beat the Bruins, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't put that much stock into it. I don't, even with Las Vegas, because every year teams change. I don't know who is injured in that game. So it's a talking point. Does it mean that, that it makes them better or that much better? No. Yeah. Although you can say that they have made some significant progress since last season. No, they've made strides, but I wouldn't use that as the example. I would rather pull out other things. Well, that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, you look at what the Blues look like now and, and maybe even the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are certainly not the same teams that won those Stanley no, Cups. They've they, they changed those teams around. Yeah. And the Caps, too. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. So, um, interestingly, their record is very, very similar to the Flyers. 13-9-2. Uh, and two. They played one less game than the Flyers, but it's pretty much identical. They're uh, yep. a similar spot in their division. They're fourth in the Central right now. Um, I think that maybe they're outpacing expectations for this team, but also that division is a little bit different than it has been in the past, would you say? Yeah. 
it's definitely changed that way. So I think that's a help. I think that's giving them, you know, a few more wins. But, you know, I do think the speed and the youthful legs have, have given them a jolt, you know, most recently with Logan Cooley. You know, Michelli's been coming on for two years now. So, you know, they've added some pretty good offensive talent. Defense still lacking a little. Right now, Connor Ingram is this, you know, the signing. They, I forget if they got him on trade or a signing at the time. I think it was to be a trade of the year. Yeah. Like he's just, this is a guy that way back was thought to be a really good goalie. Definitely on my radar. Then he fell off. Then he started to show progress with Nashville. But then Nashville still gets rid of him. Arizona gets him. And now at 26, he's seemingly at the height of his power. So that's probably who they're going to see in net. And it's not going to be easy. No, that is certainly true. Um, there is so much more to talk about with this Arizona Coyotes team. Uh, they've got a, some injuries to deal with, and they have some really interesting stats as well and, and how they are winning right now, which I think is important to look at. And we will do that coming up next. So despite that five-game win streak, the Arizona Coyotes are in a, a real tough spot uh, injury-wise right now. Sean Dersey is day-to-day -day after getting hurt versus the Caps in that game. Travis Boyd is out indefinitely. Um, it does not look like Sean Dersey will return because they had a call-up from Tucson. Uh, for a defenseman to replace him. And so I think that it is highly unlikely and, and that'll have a huge impact on their blue line. Yeah, no question. It's going to have an impact on their blue line. It's already a little thin. So yeah. now it gets a little thinner. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not sure is Barrett Hayden still out too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like their top center, even though he wasn't a scoring guy, he was a guy that was good on faceoffs and defense. So, you know, They've been bitten by the injury bug, but again, speed and goaltending can do a lot for you. Clayton Keller's, to me, an all-world player, and you know, there's no slight in Nick, Nick Schmaltz. And then, you know, to be honest, they've got some beef there too with Bukestad and Kraus. These are two guys that can get in the crease and really score. And that's something where the Flyers feel like they're going to freight train them or something. Eh, think again, it's not going to be that easy. Yeah, one of the other interesting things I thought in this past offseason was Jason Zucker signing in Arizona. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of heads turned at that decision. And, you know, why would you want to do that? Um, is it just like collecting a paycheck until the trade deadline and then maybe you go to a contender? There's certainly that. Well, maybe family. I mean, he's from Vegas, I think. And, yeah. And so... Oh, so it's like that's like a quick little uh, fly, flight so they can catch more games. Maybe those kinds of things played into it. Besides what you said is definite because Matt Dumba, unless this team is a playoff team, won't be there after the deadline either. Right. And so you look at those guys and be like, are they just biding their time? But now this team is starting to have some success here and they're a part of it. They're both a part of it. And so are they going to want to stick around and help? you know, mentor some of these kids coming up in Arizona. It would be nice if I could say yes. I can't guarantee it, though, that these are, you know, players that want to make money. And there's only a limited amount of money they're going to make 
in Arizona, and Arizona seemingly trying to trade for Noah Hannafin. So mm-hmm. if they do, is he going to get re-signed there? Is he going to be the – if he is, then these other guys are going to want to move out, right? I mean, it's just, you know, it's the way it goes. That is going to be a thing to keep an eye on with the Yotes over the rest of this season as well and, and see what their success or, um, you know, can they sustain this success kind of looks like right. and, and what they decide to do at the trade deadline. Um, looking at some of their key stats, I think that, you know, the Flyers are going to have a little bit of a challenge here because. The Yotes have an above three goals per game scored mark so far this season. They're at 3.33, and they have yeah. a 2.83 goals against average so far this season. So, good, really good. yeah, it is really good. And so, just, and, you know, I know we're talking about their blue line being a little weaker now. They're playing some good, solid team defense uh, despite that. And I think that, you know, the Flyers are obviously going to have to at least hit that three goal mark in order to win this game. Yeah, there's there's definitely that's definite. And I think it's going to be a tale of like two or three offenses in this game. I think they're gonna start off the first where everybody's pressing, everybody's gonna try and get that first goal, all that stuff, but they gotta be careful because the same way that Sandheim got trapped against Pittsburgh could happen against Arizona with the speed that they have and some of the passing ability, especially with guys like Cooley and Keller, right? So you gotta be careful of that. Then I think if it's a close game, they're going to start getting into the let's stall the offense a little bit and play heavy defense and do a lot of shot blocking. Yeah. And then we'll see what it is in the third period. But, you know, they've been really kind of using this almost like three offense model for for most of the season instead of just sticking with one. And, you know, right now they're getting results out of it, and I don't see it changing. Yeah, I don't see it changing either. Um, One other interesting aspect of this game, it's going to be like an oil and water situation here because the Arizona Coyotes have a very good power play. So far, they're at 26.8%, which is top 10 in the league. And going up against the Flyers penalty kill, which is also one of the top in the league, just to see what that looks like with a really strong power play up against the Flyers' penalty kill. I think those kind of battles in this game are going to be fun. Now, I don't want the Flyers to get penalties. You know, please stay out of the box. But if it happens, like, what's that going to look like? Well, at first I want to use oil and water. I'm going to use sand and a uh, beach blanket because they don't go together. Nobody likes that. Um, But... I think what it's going to look like is both teams will probably get two power plays each. And I think in this game, the Flyers are going to have to cash in on at least one of them, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a lot to ask for, you know, most, most of the year lately, it might be a little better. And then on the other side, they, they probably are thinking we can kill off at least one of them and our goaltending will hold us the rest of the way. So I think, right. I think they're perfectly comfortable giving up two goals, knowing that they have the goaltending that they do. Yeah, I, and especially at I home. think that's possible. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Um, I think that uh, the other interesting aspect of the Yotes statistics here, and uh, looking at that NHL Edge stats, you know, there's again, there's some of it which I don't think is extremely useful, but. If you look at the shooting percentage of the two teams, like the Arizona Coyotes shooting percentage is 
phenomenal. It's 12.3%, but the Flyers actually take a ton more shots than the Yotes do. They're just finishing on a lot more of them. So they get a ton less scoring chances than the Flyers. They only have 47.16% of high danger chances for, whereas the Flyers are almost at 53% of high danger chances. Um, but they, they bury more. But they bury the more of them. And so, it, and especially if you look at the Yotes shooting percentage in the high slot, like, I don't even know how they're doing it. It's just shy of 20%. Hmm. Like, how? Yeah, but I don't know where that 20 sits for other teams. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, 20 on its own never sounds great. But what if 25 is the league average? Then you might say, ah, 20 is not terrible. So that one I can't. Well, it does have behind. color shading to let you know where it is relative to the league. So. It is okay. definitely above, well above average. It's in the highest. Oh, that's well, that's that's above average. Okay. Yeah, it's well above average. So if you look at just I the, thought that that's above average. Yeah. So that's if you look at the slot for the Yotes, it's like league league average ish, about twenty point three percent. But the high slot, nineteen percent, okay. which is well above average for the league. You compare. And I think that goes with their size, guys. Yeah, I do. You compare that to the Flyers. Have- it's the Flyers are at fourteen point three percent in that same zone okay. on the ice. It is like yeah. absolutely wild. Like like I said, the the Flyers have one more game in the books than the Yotes do. So only one more game. Flyers have taken eight hundred and twenty one shots on goal. The Yotes six hundred and fifty three, and yet the Yotes have eight more goals in the net than the Flyers. Yeah, their differential is high. It's plus fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight and four at home is really good. That's a thing. And then they have 10 regulation wins, which I do think is significant. Because, like, again, uh, when we look at the Flyers, they have nine. So it's like, even though they look like the same team, you can see where the yeah. right now you would have to give a little bit of the edge to the Coyotes, especially being at home. Right, right. I think there's a big difference here between the two teams and, you know, where they're yeah, finding their success. Mean. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's how they win the games because the formula you're telling me is more of a formula to win than, you know, winning shootout games, which somehow the Flyers are great at this year. But you know what I mean? Like those slot and high slot chances, that's a better chance of winning the game, especially if they're getting one in the third period every once in a while. That that could change the game. Right. Right. And so that's what I find so interesting about this matchup. And, you know, then you bring that around and say, okay, then what do the Flyers need to do in order to win the game? Well, they have to really focus more on that solid defense side of their game. Um, I hope it's not blocking as many shots because if they're, if the Yotes are taking a lot of these shots and finding success higher in the zone, then you don't want, then they're not going to take the shots. Like you need to prevent them from taking those shots in the first place. Yeah, that's a good point because we've seen some fast teams uh, walk around the shot block. And I remember the Rangers walked around the shot block mm-hmm. and still made the pass. And I could see them doing some of that. So that's a fair point. Yeah, I think that's really the strategy here is don't don't let the Yotes do what the Rangers did and prevent them right. from taking those high danger for the Yotes chances. That they yeah, that, that means more sticks in the lane, yep. yeah. Yep. And so they have to be stronger defensively, higher in the zone than they have been. Whereas 
they've been sort of defend de- depending on this more structured, closed in sty- right. shot blocking style. So I think if the Flyers can just open that up a little bit, um, that will go a long way to maybe preventing the Oats from scoring. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. It is. Yeah, so that is my game plan, at least for defending. Now, as far as scoring, I think they just got to like do what we've been saying all along and don't think about it and just take the shot, you know? Right. I think. Yeah, I expect them to take more shots than Arizona. I fully expect that. Yeah, and that's the trend here, right? So it's just a matter of getting those higher quality shots and and hoping the puck goes in. But uh, looking forward to it, looking forward to the atmosphere. And, uh, of course, the Flyers do play the Yotes at 9 p.m. Eastern because it's out west. You can catch every second of the Flyers' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. Uh, we will switch gears and talk about Flyers prospect Owen McLaughlin, and we will do that coming up next. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Again, I still would go with the uh, the over on the uh, Eagles and Cowboys. I think that's going to be the uh, game of the week. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get into the action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. LockedOn has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. LockedOn Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of LockedOn, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to LockedOn Sports Today on YouTube to subscribe. Uh, Before we dig into Owen McLaughlin, uh, Russ, you had a chance to talk to Zeev Buyam, uh, who we profiled recently on the show as a draft-eligible prospect, but he plays with Flyers prospect Massimo Rizzo. Uh, So uh, did you have a chance to ask him about Rizzo? I did. I did. And here's his quote. He was really super positive, like, he was like, oh, man, he's a stud. His ability to make plays and deception are one of the best I've seen. Great guy off the ice. Always talking to the guys because he's an older player, right? His edges are unbelievable, and his stick plays are top-notch, and his hockey IQ is off the charts. Philly was lucky to get him. So the one thing, when he said the edge work, I was like, okay, maybe um, I'll watch some more Rizzo this year because in camp I felt like his edge work was like, mm, not great. But maybe now that the Flyers have him, They've gotten some, gotten him to work on his edge work. And if that has come through, maybe that's going to be a nice boost for him. Because, you know, I do feel like he's got those other abilities. But a lot of guys in the NHL have those other abilities. And you still need to do some sort of skating. You always use Tyler Toffoli as the example. Like, right. he may not be a great skater, but he gets those other things done. So, yeah, maybe um, the edge work got over the, better over the summer. And that makes this a, uh, a, a better... Um, pick while signing for the Flyers. Yeah, I think so. And uh, that brings us to our discussion of 2021 seventh round draft pick Owen McLaughlin. And um, at the time he was picked, you know, again, seventh round pick, 
um, local kid. And so it just was kind of this feel good story, but you don't really have like huge expectations coming out of the seventh round overall at the time he was committed to Penn state, but then recommitted to university of North Dakota. Um, and he is there this year as well. And looking at him at camp this past year, I think he really impressed a lot of people with how far he's come since his draft year. Yeah. He's gained probably 15 pounds of muscle. He was all of 156 pounds and six foot when they drafted him. So you knew that and being a high school player, it was a project. And, you know, I wrote a couple of years ago, hey, he's probably going to play three or four years in college. All to be expected because he had to get bigger, faster, stronger. But his offense was always there. And I detailed his offense from the very beginning from the USHL on, and it's still there. And it's there now. He's a really good center. He gets face-offs. He wins a lot of face-offs. He could out-muscle some guys now. That's a big deal. I got to tell you, I mean, he's looking like a guy that I would say has a 75% chance of playing in the NHL. I still, again, do not think he's a top six player. And then we'll get the rumbles from some of the Flyers fans that, oh, great, another bottom six. And I'll say, yeah, it is great because he's a center. You can't have too many of them. And so I really like him. I like his resolve. I like his power play play. He's playing with um, Jason Blake's kid, who's also really good on that team. And they're a formidable power play with the two of them. Yeah, I think that is huge, is, is being in a good program like North Dakota, being around some other elite players is really going to up-level his game. And, you know, you talked about his time in the USHL. He had 72 points in 62 games in his last season there. Last season was his first uh, college year. He had 15 points overall in 37 games. Freshman, you know, again, yeah. like, oh, yeah. it's not bad because you know, he... No. Seventh round pick, remember, he already has 15 points this year, four goals, yeah. 11 assists in 15 games. So a point per game average so far in his sophomore year. That is huge in terms of progress. It's huge. It's great development. He's showing no signs of slowing down. He's starting to get a little bit of national recognition. Nothing bad here, man. Yeah, I am very excited because, again, when you see a seventh round pick have this kind of progress, like, you know, that the, the Flyers must have seen something there, right? That there yeah, but I'll tell you, you know, I could speak the percentages and say, eh, it's probably a 30% or less chance that he plays even 100 games in the NHL. But now I boosted him to 75 because I think like he's taking care of half of what the issues were when they drafted him. Yeah. And, and that's huge. Like in a year and a half of college play so far, um, I'm excited to see what he does for the rest of this season from a college perspective. Um, I think you're right that he plays at least one more year in college oh, yeah. next year. I want him to, you know, take a leadership role on that team in North Dakota. And some of the higher draft picks. He is. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it as well. And so I think there's a, a big opportunity for him to be a leader at North Dakota. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, how he continues his progress. But man, I think the comparisons between even this past year at DevCamp to what he looks like this upcoming year, like it could be like a huge step for him. And they could be eyeing him yeah, I mean, for, for the AHL, like after not this season, but next season. 
Yeah, I think I think so because you know next year he'll be he's already one of their top players. He's probably going to be if he's not already wearing a letter, wearing a letter for them, and that's a team that always has a chance to win. So all these things are great for him. Yeah, I think so as well. But always good to see a, you know a local a local kid do well and yeah. then have a shot at playing for the hometown team. Yeah, Flyers have only had a couple of guys I think play actual games as a hometown guy. I remember there was one not that long ago from the Phantoms. Can't remember his name right this minute, but you know he played a few games, and so yeah, it's a rarity. But there's been a few. There's as for as long as I've been covering them, I know there's been at least two, and I don't know how many overall. Right. Well, hopefully we'll get to see that someday. In the meantime, the Flyers uh, do play the Arizona Coyotes tonight uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can catch every second of the Flyers hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. We'll have a recap of that game on tomorrow's show. We'll continue our discussion about is winning good for the Flyers right now. Plus, we'll preview the Saturday matchup against the Colorado Avalanche. So a lot to talk about on tomorrow's show as well. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russum at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.